know that I every decision I make is a choice of either A or B. It's, it's only a binary choice. I can either choose to do things, think things, and direct myself towards where it's going to serve me, or I'm going to make choices and do things that aren't going to serve me. And it's only ever A or B. It's never in between. It's, it's is this going to serve me and who I am? It's going to anchor me, or is this going to distance me from who I am? Hi and welcome to episode 10 of the Wine Up High podcast. We've made it to the double digits and the season one finale. Today I have the pleasure of celebrating this season finale with the awesome Dan Ballard. Dan is a mentor, a re-educator and a leader of the Central Coast community. He epitomizes the values of this podcast by helping other people choose a life by design, not default. Dan and I discuss his journey to the path of self-mastery, emotional intelligence, and overcoming limiting beliefs. Welcome to episode 10 of the Winefly podcast with Dan Ballard. Also, before we start the podcast, I just want to give you a heads up that season two is being planned and it's in the works. I'm so excited. It's one of the best things that I can do to bring the voices of young artists, creators, and entrepreneurs from the coast to your eardrums. <laughs> a big shout out to our sponsor Lazy Wax for supplying the introduction music which is just so funky you can go and check them out at Bandcamp under the handle Lazy Wax without a further ado please enjoy episode 10 if you want to jump straight in just click on over to the 5 minute 20 mark where I asked Dan where his story began <laughs> so with the podcast today and with most of our podcasts, I'm trying to interview people from the Central Coast, young creators, entrepreneurs, artists who have gone through and built something up and to share their story is what I'm really wanting to try and do, to share their story, their learnings and their process. Um, and when I was thinking about who we should finish off the season with, I... You know, I, like before I even started, I said, hey man, I think it would be awesome to have you on um, because the whole premise behind this podcast is living a life by design, not default. And you help people do that. And I thought it would be great to, to finish this season with your voice and your sentiments to perhaps inspire and encourage people to pursue those passions as, you've, as you know, as you've been listening to the audience who are listening to this now, whether it's live or whether it's after um, when we upload it, we start our podcast with a personalized bottle of wine, which is the gift to all of our guests because that is indeed the product of Winify. I create personalized bottles of wine with a 100% unique design and a creative description which compares Dan's personality to the personality of grapes which are inside the bottle. So, without further ado, I'll show you a bottle of ballads. <laughs> oh, you're great. So, for the people listening after we've recorded the live, and pe even people perhaps on the live, it might be a little bit hard to see this. And the description here is, ballads transform a wine which has um, prospered throughout the decades. Ballard's continues to impress connoisseurs all over the world. Hailing from the supple wine regions of the central coast of Australia, this wine can transform any bitter palate. Ballard's has re-educated many winemakers with its unique flavour. This is a testament to the Dan grape that is strong in character, yet very easy to drink in, learn from and savour. A wine that can be enjoyed with friends, family, or complete strangers. Ballard's is best at bringing people together to celebrate life, love, and happiness. Possibly could be one of maybe, yeah, one of probably the best gifts that I'll probably ever receive, maybe. <laughs> that, is, that means a lot to me, Dan. That means a lot to me. Right. So when we met, right, mm. um, Tara needs a bottle. Katie loves it. Cooney loves it. Um, <laughs> yeah, when we <laughs> when we met, um, I want to know, like, was th this this idea of this podcast? Well, I, I, you've done my yoga practice, right? Uh -huh. You came to my my, my class experience, mm -hmm. 
had that had the podcast been running then or was it just an idea it was just an idea um and i was very interested in people in the community to share their story and and i see what you do as well and i find that you're in a very interesting spot because you're running a business as well um in a space which i find has conflicting values um but perhaps we'll get into that in a little bit dan I want to open up with your story and how you got into the path you're in right now and um, maybe take yeah. us back to a little bit in the moment when you decided that you wanted to help people. Sweet. I've got a, I've got a really, really big story. Um, it tends to, when I tend to tell people my story, um, it tends to take some time. So what I will do uh, I will give you all of the key points to my story, all the pivots and all the important decisions that I made. Um, there's, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of hard lessons as well um, and a lot of trials and tribulations through pain and heartbreak and that ultimately led me to creating Prosperity Life and working with people and becoming the type of individual that I've always dreamed of becoming. Um, and I guess that's the, the foreground, the premise behind all my teachings is that the, the, the beautiful thing about our personality is that just like life, we're always changing. We're always evolving. It's the only constant that runs through all reality. Our personality is, is adaptable as well too. And we're seeing this in time right now. It's like we're getting, cha- we're getting challenged on that, on that level to see who the real characters you know, that are in our society and our, in our collective consciousness. So, yeah, I guess um, my story revolves uh, a lot around change and a lot around challenge and uh, I used all those challenges every single one of the challenges I was presented in life um, I met them um, with a specific rock hard will that I had within myself so I'll take you back to where it all started I guess please I, uh, please so in school I in school I was uh, I guess where it all started for me I played football played soccer for 14 years and uh I guess that's where the leadership role started. Uh, captained uh, my side and went on to coach them in terms of um, performance training in later years and were very successful. We toured Fiji um, and we became a championship winning club. And I went on to lead in, I guess, the, the performance side of things, for strength conditioning. And we took out uh, first, second and third grade uh, premierships. So that's where all my leadership, um, my leadership began I guess in those days but uh yeah through school I had a bit of a hard time though um school was tough for me I got picked on I was I was bullied I I really lacked confidence and understanding of who I was I found it very very hard to fit into people and I I tended to show up uh, as someone who I really wasn't and I guess that conflict created a lot of made me I guess a target for bullying and also and also, it, it, it really, I guess it found, it found for other people, it found, found them in a position where they, they may have been in a place of conflict with me. And, um, and that story played out through my entire life. And, you know, it's only until I really took charge and became self-educated, self-realized and practiced self-mastery that I got to understand that on a deeper level. And it evolved into what I'm doing. But I guess the pain of not fitting into society um, not being accepted, not being liked. I didn't have my first girlfriend until I was, God, like, yeah, 19 and 18, 19. Yeah, 19. And, uh, and I guess that's where the pain started. <laughs> I, had a great, I had a great relationship there for a while, but then it, it, uh, it led me into a lot of deep lessons about life. And, yeah, so I was working at – I worked at, I was very good with my hands. Um, my teacher's – my teachers in woodwork and stuff would let me work in uh, in the classroom at lunchtime. So I'd work through all of the break periods and just work on little projects, whether it's making cabinets and um, toolboxes, boxes, all these things. I just love to create. So that was my creative edge then back then was to uh, to do woodwork and to to also I was re- I was also a very good runner as well too. So I ran at uh, national level and that that was the only reason. That's what that's the only thing that kept me at school and. Uh, it was kind of like I, so I didn't have to sort of face everybody and try and fit in with everyone and I guess get picked on. I used to just spend a lot of time there. So that led me into my first job and that was working in the field of cabinet making. And 
this is where the story gets interesting. I love that job and I, I, I worked, I was very successful at it. Um, it really taught me how to work and taught me, you know, about my creativity. And it developed, um, I guess, a skill set um, to of, of learning that I really could have only got through um, my friends that I worked with in that field and also with my boss at the time. And, you know, come full circle 10 years later, I'm actually about to launch an app with one of my business partners or two of my business partners that were way back then a decade ago and now leading the field in terms of, um, you know, what they're trying to build and, and I'm, the, I'm the, I guess, the head of that. So How exciting. delivery. So, yeah, man, everything comes full circle. So getting into that, I, uh, I became a personal trainer. Um, one of my uh, peers, my colleagues, whatever you want to call it, uh, he said, he just looked at me, he's like, dude, you need to go out and you need to just take a step in life. Like, you're not fulfilled here and you've got so much to offer. Um, I really think you should pursue your, your fitness your fitness dreams. Uh, back then, it wasn't really cool to become a personal trainer. Not everyone was doing it. And I, uh, yeah, I just found myself, um, I found myself, I guess, going, yeah, maybe I can do this. So I researched and stuff and I, I came over a course with the AIPT at the time. And, you know, I looked at it, looked at it, looked at the cost. I think back then it was really expensive and I knocked it back. I just left it for a year and I just kept going, kept going. And then I came back to it again and then pushed away again. And then finally I was just like, no, I've got to do this. I'm going to do something different. So I actually looked at university pathways. I always wanted, I always saw myself as an educator, as a leader, um, despite this deep conflict and this deep um, feeling of all these deep, deep insecurities and these um living beliefs that I had that I held so deeply in me. Um, I, I knew I was I knew I was destined to become a leader one day and an educator. That was where my passion was. So what I did is I uh, I looked at the pathways to get into university, become a secondary PE teacher. I was deeply inspired by lots of um, sports coordinators and teachers uh, back in the day um, when I was in school. And you know I thought that's where I can have my most impact is is work and work in the field that I'm that I'm really good at, really passionate at. And to give back to the children, that's where that's where the power is. Is to is to plant the right um, information and connection points, and and I guess tools to these children because that's what's going to change the world. Absolutely. So I looked into that pathway, and um, and I found out that I could do my cert three and four of fitness, and use that as a stepping stone to get into um, the education world. So I went to TAFE, and uh, uh, through that, I blew the course away. Uh, I didn't drop a mark. <laughs> and and I remember get, like one of my teachers even saying, "Look, Dan, like I I don't think you should go to, straight up. I don't think you should go to university. I think you should uh, pursue uh, and start a business in fitness." And I was like, "What?" Like so back then, it wasn't really that cool to be a PT. Like it was just sort of coming up. And um, I already had this background where I was training um, the, the 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 football club. So I knew I was good at training people. I knew people really loved to uh, love my energy and they loved my direction and my ability I have to, to work with the body. So, yeah, I decided to really go, go in on that. And I met my first mentor and he brought me into a facility called Genesis Fitness. And in that journey, I, I, I started my business. I became an, like an IBO, which at the time was one of the first on the, in the Central Coast region to to be an independent business owner for personal training. Um, at the time, you were always employed by the club, so it was a big step for me. Um, I jumped in the deep end, and yeah, I became. I, I gave a lot of my time for free because I just really wanted to help people. So I learned a lot about like my values and my standards and, and, and my mission, um, and also the vision I had for myself in that time. And I went on to grow a, a very, very successful business. My first year of business, um, I don't think I did expect it to be so successful. I, not that it's all about money, but, you know, without even focusing on the money, I turned over 100 grand straight out of TAFE. And, um, and that really that really attracted to into my web um, the attention of uh, the, the, the head guys at Genesis. And I got invited to become the fitness division coordinator and, um, and lead a team. So I built a team of um, 16 trainers inside the club there. And we went on and had a, a really, really successful run as a, as, a, as a health club. And it was a beautiful time. And, yeah, but then <clears throat> I guess all the shadows of the past popped up. The shadow will resurface. And, uh, and that's where, I guess, when I teach my stuff and I teach my transformational work, it comes from this, 
this deep place of wisdom within me because I realized, man, that like these shadows of the past, the repressed will always return. And what happened was I, you know, I was in this position, I was in this leadership role. Hey, Jared, I was in this leadership role and I was running a very, very successful operation. 16 trainers, we all had a great team. We all got, we got, all got on very well. Everyone was making great money. The, all of the, um, the, the staff, the members, like it was healthy and it was fun. And that's, that's all I wanted. I wanted a really happy, healthy, fun club where everyone got along and it was a great community. So, but then what happened was, uh, I went through my fiance at the time. Um, we went through a bit of a, a transition that I personally, I must've just missed it and been asleep or been too focused on business that I missed the cues and I got a mess. I got a text message to say it's all over. And I was in the middle of a meeting and it, it broke me, brother. Like it ripped me to pieces. I can um, imagine that. And without getting too far into it, um, it took me into, I guess the lowest point of my life. And, um, where I, where I was in, in, in that place of contemplating how I was going to take my life and pretty close. Um, obviously, I was suffering. It was, very, it was very evident that I was in a place of deep hurt. Um, my clients knew about it. All my staff knew about it. Um, but I don't think people really knew just because I was, I'm so like upbeat even when I am hurting. Uh, I don't think they really realized uh, how bad things were for me and um and even i was in denial about that and i'll always remember and i always tell my students where i come from is is this place it's like it was just so dark and i didn't know how to literally i didn't know what to do with my emotions i, I didn't know how, what to do with my pain and um and how to transmute that i didn't know where to go i remember my mum being with me like my face down the bed and i was cathartically crying in a bed. I didn't know how to, like, what to do with myself. And I just said to her, like, you know, I, I said that moment, like, I don't, I don't know what else to do to take the pain away. And and I, I actually felt my, my own mum's heartbreak. And and then I also really, like, saw how deeply, um, how deeply hurt and, and lost I was. I was in the midst of an identity crisis. Uh, at the time, dude, I can tell you right now, like, I've been in a couple of painful situations in life, but um, that is probably that's probably that probably epitomises them all um, because I didn't know who I was, I didn't know where to go, um, I didn't know how to handle grief, I didn't know who I was as an individual, and when you square off with that, it does things to your soul. So I experienced a lot of soul pain, and I, I wasn't, I, I didn't even know who I was. You know how to manage my sensitive nature, my empathic nature. You know, I wasn't given that. Um, my parents are beautiful people and they provided me a very, very rich life and a great life. Um, and they made the best with, with, for, of what they, with what they had. They made the best, um, always provided me with the best that I, I guess I could um, have imagined. But they, it's just like, it's like our, our generation that's passed. It's like beforehand, they just didn't have the tools that we have now. So that's also what led me into becoming somewhat of a, a master in my field of emotional intelligence. So, because I, yeah, I did, I needed that the most. And, uh, yeah, so to bring, to bring this full circle, I, um, I went on a bit of a journey where I seek to find that connection of my heart that I was longing for deep down. And I was like, how, how can I build myself up here? How can I build myself back? So it actually led to me, um, trying to find myself in other people not just women, but um, other, you know, figures of authority and, and men and stuff like that. But I really did hurt a lot of people because I was so broken inside. I, you know, I just wanted to find someone that could fill that gap and to fill that void. So I went on a bit of a journey there where I where I would try and find it in other people and I'd try and seek the validation outside of myself for a long time. And I didn't realize, like, what it was doing, you know, and, and how it was, like, it's, it was actually pulling me under even deeper. Um, and then I also decided to um, get into uh, steroids. So I started taking performance-enhancing drugs. I started really lightly. I started taking um, a, a, a supplement known as pro-hormones where they're just tablets. You could buy them and they were legal at the time. Uh, and I could adjust them and they, they turned into a steroid in your gut. So I started putting on this size and I started feeling this connection to strength within me. I was just like, yeah. So I, built, I started building myself back, back up again. That led on to, obviously, to, to um, 
you know, more cycles. I didn't use it for too long, but it led on to more cycles and eventually led into ejectables, which is the, the testosterone. So that completely, man, that, that's, that I had this internal, like, conviction and this internal connection to power again. And I started going, yeah, I'm, I'm a man. But all that did was, at the time, like, that's what I needed. And I, and I, and I share this quite openly because the truth is, like, I don't regret that. I don't regret the lessons that I that I learned taking anabolic steroids. I don't regret um, what it did to my mind in terms of affecting it because it really, really affected it. Um, because it, it is part of my story, and it is part of me me taking the way I did in, in coming home to who I am. Um, so, and I know a lot of people, particularly girls, it's really it's really worrying. There's a lot of girls making similar choices now too, not just men, but there's girls making choices about anabolic steroids just to fit the whole persona and to and to to build that outward projection of this is me mm. which is so which is which is eventually going to crumble like there's this wonderful quote on your website which is the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are by jay campbell and i feel like yeah. your story and the process of your story is constantly trying to, like you said get home get to who i am on the inside right where are you right now in regards to that journey? And um, is it a daily discipline or do you find it one day and then, and then say, that's me and that I've done? <laughs> Man, it's, it's, to be honest, it's like it's always a work in progress. Even when I think I've got there, that's just the ego. It's telling you you're there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm seen as someone who has a high degree of self-mastery and, and self-realization and emotional intelligence and, you know, connection, a really deep connection to self. But, um, man, there's always layers to it. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it is a discipline. It is a practice. Um, I always, I think one, one, one thing that I, it's very, very hard for me to say I'm proud of myself. That's, that's what I longed. Those words, I'm proud of you, I love you. They're words I was looking for my whole entire life from my father, from a masculine figure in my life. And I never got those. I still haven't got those words, you know. But it was less about, trying to find that and more about trying to find that within myself so what I what I really did um, to what I really do on a daily basis is ensure that I'm putting myself in a position where I know that I every decision I make is a choice of either A or B it's, it's only a binary choice I can either choose to do things think things and direct myself towards where it's going to serve me or I'm going to make choices and do things that aren't going to serve me and it's only ever a or B. It's never in between. It's, it's is this going to serve me and, with, and who I am? It's going to anchor me, or is this going to distance me from who I am? And I know the pain of, of being distant from who I am. It, it nearly took my life. So every choice I make, I might make one bad choice, but I know that the second choice is a habit for me. And it's a process of discipline in the mind. Okay, cool. I might go and have um, a, a drink or two with my friends, but I know I've got a history of alcohol, and that doesn't hurt me. So I'm going to enjoy this here. If I'm going to be, I'm going to drink two drinks and I'm done. Do you know what I mean? But if I have a big night out, you can guarantee, which it can happen. I haven't had it in a long time, but if I have a big night out, then you guarantee I won't do that again for a while. Mm. It's like, it's a system of choice. And this is what people are fucking forgetting to do is, is to realize that we actually have power of choice. We have control over our emotions and our minds and there are tools. I'm, I'm an example of what I do in my service. There are tools out there to help you not just develop yourself in terms of intellect refinement, but also to develop a soul. That spiritual maturation and combine the two together. And that's what I... So it is a system of where I'm at because I actually feel proud. I feel empowered from it, from a depth within me that is infinite. Um, and that's... I've, I've, I've really learned that, you know, about who I am in that process because I've been given such a, a beautiful opportunity to work with people on this level in deep trust that... You know, as I do this work with people, I actually get to learn myself over and over and over again as I work with people. So it's when I when I when I might hold a one on one mentoring space or I might fly people all over the world to a location to do some deep immersive work is you know, I always feel their gratitude, I always see their gratitude and I see the way they show up. But really, because of the way they show up, it challenges me to show up in the same way. It's like and that's that's what leadership is doing. It's transparency, it's openness and it's it's your ability to be able to to make sure that you're leading from a place of vulnerability, which is strength, not this outward projection of I'm strong, I'm big, like have a look at my Instagram following, have a look at all this, this and that. Like energy doesn't lie. 
Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's a, it's a, it's a system of choice to show up with this energy. So yeah, that's, I hope that helps you. It really does, Dan. Um, and being vulnerable and open, like you said, that energy doesn't lie. And, and like I work with um, high school students and they can spot it from a mile away. They can read your energy like better than anyone, any group of people that I know. So they can see straight through you. And that's taught me a really, really good thing of, of being honest and open and authentic. Um, thank you so much for just being open there as well. Through your experience, we can learn so much. And the path you're on is... It's really empowering that story and empowering the pain and saying to other people, listen, everyone goes through this. Everyone goes through their own pain, but we can overcome it and we can empower our lives, um, which I find very amazing. I wanted to ask you, Dan, perhaps if you could talk to our audience, what is it in essence that you do? Jesse, the best way to, the best way to sort of explain it is I listen to understand. I don't listen to respond. Once I've so good. Once I've understood it, once I've understood an individual, then I can tell you what I do, and that reveals a clearer pathway. And that's what people are looking for. And I really think that anyone who comes into my space, um, they're looking for the same thing. They're looking for ways to to provide a deeper level of clarity or a deeper connection to that intrinsic power, connection, autonomy, creativity. Um, they're looking to overcome the deeper parts of themselves that are holding them back. They're looking to understand maybe the ways in which their nature um, isn't aligning with the attitude, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess it's the inner world conflict as I help people adjust the mechanism of the mind um, and the heart and to make sure it's all succinct. And this is all, this is all the science of what I do. Um, ultimately what I'm doing is I'm doing a mentorship whether I'm teaching in a yoga room I'm still mentoring it's a much more it's a much more deeper experience than just moving a body up and down and around and around it, there's a lot more going on than meets the eye and, and you'll know this when you come into the room mm. um, so it is a mentorship um, and and then in that I I'm, I'm, I, I am such a I am such an uh, individual who prides himself on, and really values deeply at a core level relationship. So I'm also doing that while connecting people to who they really are, like close that gap between who they who they think they are or maybe who they're who they're not being, and make that make that come closer. And that's that's where my work really intersects with these problems in society around um, identity crises, around anxiety, around um, experiencing like distress which is where we're getting owned. So I hope that answers your question, and that's all about performance and creativity. Yeah. So Tammy, Tammy's answered it. Do you want to read it? Yeah, Dan does that really well, listens and makes you understand what it is that you're looking for. Um, there's a little bit more on that comment. Uh, he did that so well while giving space, and, um, and that follows the testaments as you know, the, that are on your website as well. I've got this brilliant quote here, which says, Dan has guided and supported his clients, guests, peers, and students in overcoming the physical, mental, and emotional barriers that prevented the fulfillment of their needs, goals, and desires. He has truly crafted a life on purpose around the way he shows up and what he stands for. Now, Dan, I just have a question about this, which is just amazing, this, your work, and, and like you said, you're trying to understand people to oh, I love that quote just to understand people and I but off this quote Dan from your experience what are the biggest barriers that people face that prevent the fulfillment of these goals in general what are these what are the biggest barriers that you seem to be aware of that's multi-dimensional multi-layered and it encompasses like so many different dynamics but to, to in lay terms to really help you understand that it's like what most people really experience is there's a disconnect and there's a break between um the ideas that they have in the head of themselves um and and the way that their life should be how they should be and how it's all meant to go versus you know what is true to them and then how to actualize that and it brings us into this space of understanding that you know what we deeply fear you know there was a part in, in part Last time with my journey with relationship, I, I, I really I really did believe, and it was only two years ago that I believed this, that our deepest fear was to was to love and to be loved in return. Okay, but I learned that that wasn't our deepest fear. It's like 
um, because when I found that association, I, I had that connection. I was like, this isn't the deepest fear because I still held fear in my heart. What is this about now? And I really learned that like in this process of, of understanding myself and of accepting myself from this dark place was that it's not that we, we, that we fear love. Um, it's, it's purely two things. It's, it's the, so the first I'll address, the first is that right down the depths of who we are into the depths into our soul, our soul's condition is infinite love. So we are love. But in our society, we haven't been taught that we are love. So that's, that's the first misunderstanding is we haven't been taught the emotional intelligence that's required of us at an individual level. We haven't been taught how to harness our own minds, make sense of our own emotions, and, and also uh, to harness our own little creative bubble of energy that we can intercept and meet with some sort of explosion into you know the world. So that's the first conflict. The second conflict is that truly deep down, we actually fear um, being being our potential, being our best, you know. It's like the fear of the fear of what we could be and, and, and what people might think of that, that's what holds us back. And then that's where I feel like a lot of people's limiting beliefs and all these um, these deep seated core I'd say the core identity problems, they stem from these these feelings of inadequacy. I'm not good enough because of um, I can't do this because I am or you know, this never works out with me because of XYZ happening to me. Do you know what I mean? There's a, always a cost story. It's a narrative. So I think that's where the deepest conflict comes from is this narrative that people struggle with at a core level, at an identity level. So it's about pulling that thing up. It's like a lot of people see me as quite cutthroat um, in what I do. It's like, you know, you're going to get the truth with Dan and that's because I come from that infinite love position. It's like most people are quite happy to go, oh, this problem here, this problem here, and I start dancing around all these subjective problems. What's the down the funnel? What's the objective problem? Where's it all stemming from? I'll bring light to that, and I'll help you move forward in your life. I don't care. I, I, I love you, but I don't care about all your bullshit. I don't. I don't care about my bullshit in that way. All these subjective problems we dance around. What's the core problem? Let's move forward. What a brilliant response, and it really is. Um, is I know it's so valuable to our audience to hear this. What what practical advice could you give someone who has a passion that they want to pursue but is afraid that if they do it, they're going to get judged, they're going to get teased, I mean, by not only the strangers, by their friends, by their family, and that really hurts, you know. Um, yeah, I'll, look, to be honest, man, the people that laughed at me when I first started, they're my students. And this tells us something. There's always, I haven't, actually, you know what? It's on my list today. It's actually one of my lists. Create what's known as a readiness test. Inside that readiness test is an understanding. It's like a personal acknowledgement. I know that even from the closest people, my friends, my family, maybe my partner, I'm going to cop flack. I'm going to cop judgment. Am I ready for this? So it's like, there's got to be, there's got to come a point in time in your life. You look at yourself and you go, and we can, we, we, you know, it is, it is very, very hard to face off with and square off with. And I really do understand and empathize, but I also, I also am on the other side of that, this fear and judgment thing. Um, because it used to, it used to lock me in jail. Like I was in a jail in my own mind about this. So realize that two things are happening. One, it's, the judgments you're fearing from people is actually the judgment you have on yourself. The judgments you're worried about that can be perceived by others are actually the judgments that you are judging yourself for. So your question is, you look you look in the mirror with yourself is, can I move forward without judging myself? Am I willing to transmit this energy into action? And that's the first point of call. That's how you release yourself out of jail, is to realize that the validation that we're seeking from people is actually the validation we're seeking of within ourselves. And then once you find that, it doesn't fucking matter about anyone else on the outside. Trust me. It doesn't fucking matter. You never did. I know. I know. Isn't it great? And, and, that's, and, that, and that's just that. That's all she wrote. Every single time. Just keep coming back to it. I do it all the time. I still keep coming back to it. Yeah. Yeah, of course, Dan. That's that's a brilliant answer, my friend. It's uh, very true. Very true. I got my partner, Katie, here on the, on, the, on the... She's in the chat here. Yep. And she'll agree. It's like... I always challenge that. I always challenge coming back to, to, to love in my heart 
before I even love her. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how can I ever show up for her? Because she, she, Katie, Katie loves to occupy a really, really strong space, and she wants me at my full power, my full presence. She's only going to get that when I'm really selfish and I make sure I'm really centered. So it's always about coming back to myself, and that's how you show up. A lot of men need to understand this. It's like, they're like, I, men, men that I mentor, they always have this conflict with like, God, I'm just getting hassled by my partner. It's so fucking hard. It's this, it's that. Realize that all that a good woman's trying to do for you is is to provide you an opportunity to to face off with the, with yourself. These this 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 validation that we're seeking, or this this limiting behaviour, for you to be able to answer the call to your potential. If you can meet that at your edge, then and explore that. That's how the energy polarises between partnership. So. Yeah, I know that's pretty deep, but um, you know, I announced that because it's like, you know, when I when I think about how how do I want to show up for my lover, like, because I, I mean, I really deeply feel like Kay and I are a, a divine alignment, and you know, I always think about this. It's like I always make sure that I'm at center, you know, and if I'm not, I've got to embrace that, you know, I'm a bit off center and, and accept what she has to say because she's just try, trying to guide me home as well too. Well, she said, "I love you, darling. Yes, give me your full self for you and for me." There you go. Yeah, so it's beautiful. Yeah, I hope that um, I hope that expanded. It seems like everyone here is really enjoying that perspective as well. So yeah, we're getting a lot of love. Thanks so much for those love hearts, guys. Um, this is a bit of a different question in a different uh, stream. It, it's just seemed like it's been two minutes, but it's been forty-five minutes. I just looked at the clock. It's phenomenal. This is great, Dan. We're just flying, flying through. But I wish we could stay longer. Um, I'm just going to jump to this question. It's a little bit off what we've been talking about, but it's about materialism. Um, you're in a space which, like you just said, is practicing the divine, is in a realm of uh, self-mastery. Where does materialism fit into your world because we live in this system of capitalism and but we exist in also the system of designing your life uh, to a point of mastery? Yeah. Because a lot of people have a lot of people's anxieties, a lot of people's um, inadequacies and their fears, they actually stem from the materialistic um, uh, psychological issue that we have in our society. Not just in like people around us, but also in our bloodline. Um, so first off, I'm not going to tell you that I am against materialism. I actually love nice things. I have to have the best of everything. But it's also the power in this is also knowing where, like, how to apply self mastery. And there's actually a program, bro. Um, that I would, I'll, I'll actually talk to you about it, Jesse. Just, I'll show you because I think that you would benefit from it too. Might actually give it to you. I love your gifts. I want to give something back to you. It's called Core, and this program I wrote. I actually wrote this on a plane, and it's a, it's a, it's an amazing manual that I wrote in um, on the plane ride home from India. I had this huge burst of creativity. The whole thing was done in an hour. Wow. It's on values, motivate. It's on, it's on values, motivation, and and ethos. So, in, in term, to answer your question around materialism, um, it's you have to understand at a core level what you value, whether that be intrinsic or extrinsic. You set yourself up too much, uh, uh, um, I guess. If you seek to find motivation in in um, uh, extrinsic uh, measures and ways, you're never going to ever be deeply fulfilled. If you are intrinsically motivated and connected to the self, and then it produces um, an extrinsic um, product, you know something outside of yourself that might look fla- look flashy and fancy and be worth a lot of money, then there's nothing wrong with that. So for me, like I'll um, I'll literally um, I'll literally won't hide from the fact that you know I, I'm a car guy. I like I like nice cars. You know I will be driving a Ferrari one day. It's going to be white. I know exactly what it looks like. That Ferrari is in direct proportion to the amount of day that I've added other people's lives. Wow. So this is where I might get in a conflict. This is where I might get in conflict with a couple of yogis. You know, I, I, yoga is a, is, a, is a discipline that I that I value deeply in my heart. I've traveled to the, to the motherland, to India, twice to immerse with gurus and to study the culture and really connect. But I'll tell you right now, like, you know, there's, I, I believe there's nothing wrong with, with knowing at your core, you know, who you are what you can bring through the world and then making sure that the energy that you become um, is remunerated, you know, 
based on like what you value. I like nice things. I like having nice things. I like having flourishing health and well-being. I need good food sources. You know, I want to have, I want to have amazing experiences. I want to be able to travel the entire globe and touch every corner of the globe. I deserve that. You know, so it's. I think I think people get a bit lost when they realise that they've set their whole lives up on this secondary um, gain. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like this this extrinsic profile. And when you do that, which, you know, I don't blame anyone for, for trying to um, set their life up that way. But what I do challenge them to do is show me at your core who you are before you show me your car. I, I, I've seen, I, I've worked with multi-millionaires. One of my clients, is uh, he, his corporation pulls millions, multi-millions a year. Show me at your core who you are, and then I'll give you the validation you're seeking for that car. So I hope that helps and answers the question. It definitely does. It really does. And uh, you put it into words really well. And I think a lot of um, our audience will benefit from that. I certainly have. I'm feeling like this is a one-on-one consultation. <laughs> uh, you got, you got off, you got off lightly. I know I did. I know I did. <laughs> uh, but in the same uh, sense. Um, I love you, brother. I did too, Dan. <laughs> um, where does... Sorry, I had a great question. And I've sort of forgotten it because I was just thinking about what you were saying there in regards to show me your true self. And I mean, is that what prosperity life is at its core and self-mastery is at its core is understanding more about who you are um, and deciding what you're entitled to. I think entitled is perhaps the wrong word, but what, what your birthright is. Yeah, man, I, I, like, I, I, am for all, I am all for equality. Like, and some of the most beautiful people I know, are, you, know you, you follow my stuff and I know a lot of people here do. They're actually students that I, that I have brought over from all corners of the world to meet me in Bali. Bali is such a deep, rich place to me. And some of the most, some of the people who are the most beautiful souls in my life are actually the Barnese and they're friends of mine. I look at their culture. I look at their life. They live so simply and they're so beautiful. They, uh, they don't need much to, to experience prosperity. You know, pro- 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 prosperity mm. is in my definition is just that, that flourishing sense of, of well-being and, and good health, good fortune. You don't need much to experience good fortune, you know, mm. and and you get to really define what prosperity, what humility, and what core value is to you. Like you get to really choose what you want to do and what you want to make of your life. There has to come a point where you go, "What do I really want in this life?" You know, otherwise you're going to get in your deathbed. And you're going to go. Most people don't premeditate. They don't understand death. Our society thinks we understand death, but until you really contemplate your own death, like you'll always be held captive. The freedom is, is, is in understanding this time-space reality and realizing that we're not here to transcend that. Like, you are gonna, you are got, you've got a date with death. So stop, step back from that and realize this position and then be ready to move into an actualized sense of what the fuck do I really want out of this life? What the fuck do I really want to bring to life? What do I have to offer? And that's where the prosperity comes from, is, is in the service, the delivery of who, who and what you are, what you have to offer this world before you're done. Mm. Yeah, that is the ultimate motivator, isn't it? That is the really at the core of it. That is the knife which cuts through so much bullshit and so much crap and so many layers that we put on top of ourselves and the voices which we impose in our own head. That is the knife that will just slice through it. If you can ask that question, who are you? What do you want from this life? Because it's finite. Before we go too deeply into that question because I imagine that could get really deep. We're going to look at Katie's question there, which is, uh, can you guys give some real-life examples of the symptoms that might be showing up for someone if they aren't aligned with their true self? As an inward check for the points um, for the people. Just, yeah, I think you can talk to that a lot. Let's talk about prosperity, and, and, and prosperity has got to do with flourishing health. Let's talk about the manifestations in health, all right? So... What it can manifest as, and the most common thing in our society that we suffer with, is stress. So that is the first manifestation. Stress is the manifestation of dis-ease within you that will eventually manifest as disease. Western health has a hard time understanding this. Eastern health understands it, that the internal environment is, a, is, a, is an environment. Treat it well. Nourish it well. And it will flourish. All right? So the first manifestation of someone who's, I guess, a bit distant from their core is anxiety. 
just the feelings of oh, what judgment or what are they going to think about me if I say this or you know what if I do what if I don't do this and you know or just feeling lost and misdirected like which is quite common you can feel this in life I feel it from time to time I feel lost and I've just come through a down period where I've felt like a bit disconnected and a bit like um, just sad like I just felt sad for no reason so understand that like that is what's going to happen is the further you get away from who and what you are that anchor point the more you're going to experience this distress and all distress is is our inability for us to really be centered and to understand our skills and resources that we need to have within ourselves to meet the challenges of life the opposite of which which and, the, and, and if we if we do that really well we experience well-being the opposite of that is distress and the more distress we have the more stress that we hold within ourselves you know, because we're, we're, we're far from who and what we are. We're not, we're not honoring ourselves, what we need. We don't know our values. We don't know how we surface. We don't know how to live strong and know what we are. We experience more of this distress. And then the manifestations will be disease. All these prolonged disease things that I'm sure Katie could help, um, help you uh, understand. Again, she's Katie. So to understand about, you know, my line with Katie, Katie and I came together and, um, you know, a really strange way, but since I met her, I've just become like it's just an extra layer to my characters come out. And Katie works as a naturopath and nutritionist, got a psychology a psychology background as well too. Um, she's unbelievable in that field. So she's asked a really really important question. So that's the first thing is like people will experience ill health, um, and you'll be given all these signs and this feedback. Anxiety is just a feedback. You know, it's giving you feedback to say answer my fucking call come home i'm trying to guide you Mm. these emotions you're feeling are not here just because they're emotions they're trying to give you direction are you going to listen to me are you going to interpret what they're trying to say and and guide yourself can you please tap in and and move yourself up a bit higher in your intelligence i'm trying to help you so that's what happened to me it's like I, i literally pushed against the pushed against the grain until i couldn't anymore and so I was, you know, I was looking at really taking my own life because I was so fucking, fucking lost and hurt. So I started listening to my emotions and I got honest and I found myself, you know, like with, lined up with my first mentors and on a yoga retreat. And that's where it all started for me. Wow. What an amazing story, Dan. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I can't believe it's been almost an hour. It seriously feels like three minutes. It's just, it's blinked by. Uh, I. I imagine we've covered some great content, but it is just going at 100 miles an hour and you've been brilliant. Um, a question coming in from uh, Jared Brown is, where are you going in life, Dan? <laughs> Jared, is that the Jared Brown? That is the Jared Brown. The Jared Brown, co-founder of Bridge the Gap, episode nine of the Wine If I podcast. <laughs> I, love, I, I love that guy. Only a good question for Jared Brown. Where are you going, brother? Jared and I... Jared and I are putting some uh, some some beautiful work in together, and I feel really honoured to work with Jared. Uh, he's got a great network of people around too. Some of them are here as well. I see Andrew Cooney, such an inspired man. He, he joined my last retreat in Bali, last event in Bali, and um, yeah, I think Briggsy's here as well. So to answer Jared's question, where am I going? I'm not attached to it, um, but I see myself on a global stage, talking my talk, walking my walk, and. Um, you know, being a man of service and hands out wide, there's no gaps here and just talking life, spitting life, really giving people these these vital understandings and these this wisdom, this insight from a place of embodied embodied wisdom, you know, it's something that can be used. I think we know enough in our society, um, information's everywhere, but it's like, where are we fucking losing? We're losing in our ability to be able to take all this information and knowledge and put it into action. So I see myself in that space on a global level in front of thousands of people, um, you know, having that type of impact. Um, uh, I see myself creating uh, schools, uh, ac- academies, universities, um, re-educating people uh, in the right ways so that they don't have to experience the pain that I went through. Um, I see myself, um, I see myself, I see myself happy. You know, all of that is all these goals are all these goals are fantastic to have, and yes, they're my life's dream. But if I'm not happy, there's no fucking point. So I see myself happy. That's where I see myself. To answer Jared's question, what an awesome answer, Dan. I hope that today has given everyone a little bit of insight in what you do and the potential to follow your story. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on to share your experience so honestly and openly. 
I mean, for me personally, we haven't end up having that coffee because of circumstances with coronavirus. But I hope when uh, we come on, out on the other side that we can do that and catch up face to face. It'd be really nice, wouldn't it? I'll make a deal. Okay. I'll make a deal. All right. It's gonna be. It's gonna be you. You're gonna get a bit of a sweat in my yoga class. Man, I've never sweated so much love in my life. (laughs) Then I'm gonna buy you a coffee, and then I'm gonna embrace that beautiful bottle of wine. Brilliant, brilliant. That sounds really good, Dan. Thank you so much. Virtual deal. Great deal, right there. virtual deal (laughs) saw it all here folks episode 10 the season finale of the winify podcast we're coming up to the hour dan is there anything that you haven't had the opportunity to say yet but would like to perhaps get out to the audience whilst we're here and um and in the future one yeah the biggest one is just um is just gratitude thank you thank you everyone for tuning in the people who are still here um and um, and the people who are tuning in like late, I hope you rewatch it. Um, I just want to say thank you. I, I want to say thank you for uh, being here for Jesse's podcast and his dream, his little creative project that I'm sure will grow. And for every single one of you, I want to thank you for your time um, because really, when you think about the um, the implications of our attention span and what we give attention to. That's our mind. Next to time, that's our most valuable resource. So I want to thank you for your time and I hope that these words will be able to be used for you in your own life experience. And I look forward to, if I haven't met you, I look forward to meeting you in the future. And, um, you know, after this thing has has, has, done, has run its course, you know, I do plan on uh, I do plan on kicking these uh, events off in Bali again and going full steam into those. And, and, and yeah, just broadening my network of people. I want to connect with people this year on a deeper level again. So I want to first, I just that's all I want to say is just thank you for being here and, you know, and, and for being there for Jesse and I. So, so much love. For the people that are still here, thank you so much as well. Just to echo Dan's sentiments, you can follow Dan um, at Dan Ballard. At Dan Ballard Writes is also a really good place to get some daily wisdom from Dan as well. Um, Prosperity Life on his website, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, it's all there and I'm going to put it into the show notes of this podcast. Dan, a super big thank you for celebrating the season finale with me, man. You've set me up for another successful day and I'll speak to you very soon. Goodbye, Jesse. Goodbye, fam. Goodbye, everyone. Have a beautiful day. And that is us, episode 10 of the Winify podcast with the awesome Dan Ballard. I hope you've enjoyed. I know I sure did. Like I said, Dan just sets you up for a successful day, something to really look forward to, which is to create a life by design, not default. A big thank you to you, the audience, for listening, supporting, and sending your love to me on Instagram. I really, really appreciated those messages of support. I look forward to bringing you season two of the Winify podcast. So until then, cheers.